Hello, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to Episode 6, Week 7 of NFL Insights. I'm Chris, but the brains of the operation is Brennan. He's coming off uh, a tough week. Last week he was 7-7, seven and seven, but uh, he did get his lock of the week trademark right. Uh, Brennan, we're going to go right into the game of the week, which is the 5-0 and Steelers at the 5-0 and Titans. This sure is a huge game. It, I think it most definitely is game of the week. So, so much is riding on the line here. I think it could ultimately decide the number one seed in the AFC potentially. So both of these teams are undefeated and look really good doing so. But if I had to pick a winner here, I would pick the Steelers. They look like the more complete team to me. They have a much more deeper group of wide receivers. And I think I like their defense a lot more. Both of these teams did suffer some unfortunate injury news. Steelers linebacker Devin Bush, who has been who is in his second year, sadly suffered a torn ACL in their destruction of the Browns last week, which hurts. And Titans tackle Taylor Luan also suffered a torn ACL last week, which hurts them a lot because he's so good in pass protecting and also in the run game. Um, I think that the that injury to Taylor Luan will make things a little harder for the Titans going forward. Um, Steelers have a really good run defense and and defense overall. The Titans, even though they're undefeated, their defense hasn't been exactly great. It depends on the week. Sometimes they give up a little, and sometimes they give up a lot. And that's not good when you're playing the Steelers, who have averaged about 30 points in, in, 30 points in every game. So I think that the Steelers will win this epic battle for AFC supremacy. Okay. And following up the game of the week with one of the worst games of the week, we turn our attention to the NFC East, where the 2-4 and four Cowboys will be at the 1-5 and five Washington football team. So I was a fool for picking the Cowboys last week because against a team that I thought was rather beatable, they were horrible. Probably the worst performance by them all year long. Obviously, Dak Prescott went down with that injury a couple of weeks ago, which was really hard to see. But everyone was talking about Andy Dalton and how weak the division is, which is true. And he was, everyone was like, Andy Dalton's the best backup in this league. He can step in and be just fine, I'm sure of it. And yikes, he was horrible. He was under constant pressure. But anyway, he had, I believe he had multiple interceptions and just not efficient at all. That game showed that the game it showed how much Dak Prescott is important to the franchise. I don't think it would have been the blowout it would have been if he was there. Um and this defense it's historically bad. It allows people have been scoring over thirty points almost every week on this defense. Um, the Cowboys got some other bad news in terms of the Eagles winning over the Giants on Thursday night, which makes them second in the division now when they were originally in first. Um, but it's still all in front of them, despite all that is wrong with them. The Washington football team can't commit to one quarterback. Their defense is also pretty bad, and they have a really hard time scoring points. So. This has to be a bounce-back game for the Cowboys. And one other thing of note is that after that blowout loss to the Cardinals, anonymous players have been had pulled out the coaching staff, calling them um, 
just um, not able to adjust on the fly, not being able to teach, and just not being good at their jobs. So there's a lot of discontent flying around. So I hope that um, they realize the importance of this game and hopefully they can learn from their mistakes going forward. Um, this defense really needs to step up because if they, if this is another one of those shootout games, like 37 to 34, then, then I would, then the Cowboys are pretty much, even if, even if, even if they win in like a shootout, then I wouldn't have any faith in them because this is one of the worst offenses in the league in the Washington football team. This defense has to have a really good day to, to quiet doubters. I think the Cowboys will win. It is a must win. Okay. Um, we go to another AF, um, I'm sorry, an AFC matchup with, uh, the four and two Bills at the 0 and six Jets. Oh, the Jets. Um, Bills have, uh, some COVID cases, do they not? Yes. I just found out about them. They're dealing with cases and also a whole lot of injuries. Wide receiver John Brown is out. Guard Cody Ford is out. And cornerback Josh Norman is out. Their main cornerback, Tredavious White, is also questionable. And like you said, there's a lot of positive cases over there, which is a little concerning. There, That's a lot of key players out for the team. Um, the Bills have had, they, they started off 4-0, but now have lost two straight. They got destroyed by the Titans and just couldn't hang around with the Chiefs, even though they tried to make it as close as they could. There's no shame in losing to two of the best teams in the AFC, and probably what I would say two of the best teams in the league. But after losing two straight, I think there is a little bit of a sense of urgency here. It's only going to get harder and harder with matchups against the Steelers, Cardinals, Seahawks, and most importantly, Patriots twice, the Kings of the AFC East looming up all on that schedule, also the 49ers. Um, so thankfully, they get the worst team in the league this week. I'm still amazed that Adam Gase is here, even though they're 0-6. Sam Darnold is expected to return after Joe Flacco played the, the past two games against the Cardinals and Dolphins, and although even though there's a change at quarterback, I don't think it'll matter at the very end. I expect the Bills to win, but with all of the injuries and cases, it could be really close. But we'll see. It is the Jets. Uh, at, also at one o'clock, we have the three and three Carolina Panthers coming into Nolens to take on the three and two Saints. So I like the Saints a lot here until the past couple of days when Emmanuel Sanders got placed on the reserve list and Michael Thomas, who everyone thought would suit up after suffering an injury in week one is out again with ankle and hamstring injuries. So the Saints are without their top two wide receivers, and they're coming off a Panthers team that has shockingly been pretty good and has uh, a neutral record coming into this at 3-3. Three and three. Um, So the fact that the Saints are without their top two wide receivers and the Panthers have their top two wide receivers and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, who have been quite the duo, and don't forget about Curtis Samuel, um, they did invest a lot in their defense in the draft. As a matter of fact, it was all defensive selections, which I think was the first time in draft history a team used all of its um, draft picks on one side of the ball. Um, I think that this defense will have a really good game. Um, Saints guard Nick Easton is also out, who 
I feel goes back and forth in with rookie guard Cesar Ruiz, who they drafted with the first round pick. I don't think we should be deciding Cesar Ruiz should just be out there full time, considering he used the first round pick on him. But the Panthers' pass rush should have a big game against the not mobile Drew Brees, who will definitely struggle to find people to throw to and people to trust on on offense. I think that the Panthers will win. Okay. Uh, next up, we have an interconference game between the four and one Packers, and they'll be going to Houston to take on the one and five Texans. So I picked the Packers to win the Buccaneers last week, thinking that they would be able to take care of business, but no, they did not. They looked really horrible. They Aaron Rodgers threw two interceptions, including a pick six, which is only the third time he has thrown a pick six in his career, which I think is crazy. Um, and the defense gave up a ton of points. Um, and near the end, Aaron Rodgers got benched for Tim Boyle, um, their, one of their backups, when I, in my opinion, they should have put in Jordan Love, their first-round pick from this year's draft, who I believe they continue to keep Martin inactive in every game. Um, they are a little banged up. Safety Darnell Savage is listed as doubtful, as is cornerback Kevin King, who plays across from their number one cornerback, Jair Alexander. Perhaps the most uh, important piece of news is that tackle David Bakhtiari, one of the best in the business, was listed as doubtful, but now downgraded to out. And if that wasn't, and if that wasn't bad enough, their star running back Aaron Jones is also a game-time decision. So the Texans, they've had a really rough start to the season, despite all of the bad decisions made, um, and despite the firing of Bill O'Brien four games in. Um, they've pretty much been they've been able to keep it close in every game ever since Romeo Cannell became interim head coach. They defeated the Jaguars and then um, beat the Titans. It originally was looking like a little bit of a blowout, but then they proceeded to make it a close game. With all of the injuries the Packers have, I think that it will be a really fun game. I think it will be a shootout. But at the very end, when it comes down to who's the better constructed team, I think the Packers will will walk away with it. But I think it could be close. Okay, uh, we're going to turn our attention to the four and two Browns at the one four and one Bengals. So uh, the Browns are four and two, and because of the fact that there's because of the fact that there's expanded playoffs this year for one additional wild card team in each conference, they could get in. They've looked mostly good. They did beat the Colts a couple of weeks ago, but their two losses, they looked like those, in, in their two losses, they looked like those same old Browns people have been making fun of for almost 20 years. They got destroyed by the Ravens and got destroyed by the Steelers. But thankfully, in this divisional matchup, they play the Bengals, who are far and away the worst team in the AFC North. They beat them on a Thursday night football matchup. Um, couple of weeks ago, way back in week two, Joe Burrow threw the ball 60 times in that game, which I think is crazy. That's the most attempts I've ever seen. And the Bengals got more bad news this week in the the fact that their star running back, Joe Mixon, is out. So Joe Burrow will have no choice but to throw and throw and throw, while the Browns have really good offensive weapons pretty much everywhere. Also, don't forget that Bengals offensive line, I would say, is the worst in the league, so I think the Browns' defensive line will get after them. I think that the Browns will take care of business and bounce back. 
it was a, a slight injury concern for the Browns at tight end. Yes. Yes, Austin Cooper is out due to appendicitis, but they do have David Njoku and Ricky Harrison Bryant to lean on. Okay. Let's bounce it back to the NFC where we have the two and three Lions at the one and five Falcons. A little bit of the battle of the suck here, as I like to say. Both teams are don't have the greatest records. Um still theoretically not too late, but I don't like either of these teams' chances when it comes down to it. I think Falcons will win because of the Lions' uh, lack of a real defense. They're not really good in that area. The Falcons have that potential. You see it, but they kept blowing it away all the time. But after Dan Quinn got fired, after the team's 0-5 start, and defensive coordinator Raheem Morris got elevated to interim head coach, that defense had a really good day. They intercepted Kirk Cousins three times in that blowout loss to the Vikings. Yuck. And they looked like that team everyone thought they would be. I think the success will continue against the Lions, who have a very poor defense. I think it could be a shootout, but in the end, I think the Falcons, even though the records would indicate otherwise, I think that the Falcons are the better team. Okay, and just to reiterate, the Falcons were the winning team in that blowout to the game with the Vikings, correct? Yes. Okay. Uh, here's a game that holds some intrigue. We have the 4-2 and two Buccaneers at the 3-2 and two Raiders. Yes, the Buccaneers made a ton of headlines I'm just yesterday. Um, the Buccaneers made the very controversial, but also a potential decision that could boom, that could pay huge dividends, is that they decided to sign Antonio Brown, one of the best wide receivers in the business, but man, is he a psychopath. Um, he spent most of his career with the Steelers before sitting out the, the, their final game of the 2018 season. Then they traded him to the Raiders in uh, 2019, and things looked good at first, but then issues kept arising. Uh, he didn't want to wear a certain helmet or whatever, and he like skipped practices, and when they decided to fine him for like missing those practices, he pretty much lost it, insulted staff, most notably general manager Mike Mayock. Um, then they chose to, like, I think they went after his guaranteed money, and then that's when I think he had enough and said, release me. They granted his wish, they released him. He never played a single game there, and then people were wondering if anyone would take a chance on this guy, because of the fact that he seems to be a, a locker room destroyer. The, the Patriots, who Tom Brady was with at the time, took a chance. They signed him. Uh, people were super scared they would go undefeated, but he only played one game there before uh, legal issues and the like uh, made them cut him again. He then proceeded to spend the rest of that season out of football, and then sometime early in this year, 2020, he got an eight-game suspension for multiple violations of the league's personal conduct policy. He got suspended eight games, and it's week seven. It's seven of eight games in that suspension, so he'll be eligible to return week nine versus the Saints. Um, when he does come back, I think when he's eligible to play, you don't know if it'll work out. Wait and see. But I think that this year off has given him time to reflect. 
I think that ultimately it will work because him and Tom Brady are pretty good friends. So when he is able to start to suit up, I think that they could be unstoppable. But tuning in, turning our attention to today's game, they still have tons of weapons to, to attack the Raiders with. The Raiders have had a bit of a, a scare. They sent home all five of their starting offensive linemen after positive cases. Um, and yeah, I don't think any of them are going to play. And I also, I believe safety Jonathan Abram, who is in the second year, I believe was identified as a close contact. So he's also out. Last time we saw the Buccaneers, they destroyed the Packers 38 to 10. And they have one of the best rush defenses in the league. We saw that because Aaron Jones, who was playing like the best running back in football, did essentially nothing. And in terms of overall defense, they did intercept Aaron Rodgers twice and also sacked him, I believe, five times. So against this Raiders team that has had to uh, adjust their roster on the fly, um, I think that they will win again straight in a row, and it might be quite convincingly, too. So you're going with the Bucks. Yes. Okay, and at 4 o'clock... 425 to be precise, we have the 1-5 Jacksonville Jaguars at the 1-4 Chargers. And the Chargers have played a little better than their record would indicate, what do you think? Most definitely. Um, the, even though both, both these teams have one win, um, but the Chargers, like you said, are definitely better than their record indicates at 1-4. The Jaguars at 1-5, they started out 1-0. Both of these teams won win. Both of these teams their one win, both they both happened in week one. Um, but the, the Jaguars, people liked their chances, and then they proceeded to just free fall from there. Um, that defense has been giving up lots of points ever since they shipped out every veteran on the team. And Gardner Minshew, people were wondering if he could be the quarterback of this team, uh, has proceeded to not play all that great. But on the other hand, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert, despite being just a rookie, has played amazing going toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees, nearly winning all those games. They were up big versus the Buccaneers and the Saints before their defense choked the lead twice. Um, he's been playing lights out. I think he could potentially be an offensive rookie of the year candidate. This Jaguars defense is... is uh, it's bad, and it's also banged up as well. Linebacker Miles Jack, pretty much the only remaining piece from that 2017 team that went to the AFC Championship game, is out. The defense is struggling. Defensive end Melvin Ingram has returned from IR. I think that uh, Justin Herbert will have a huge game, and I think that they'll win this. This would be their if they win this game, it would be their Chargers' first win at their at their new stadium, SoFi Stadium. As a matter of fact, I think it might be the lock of the week. Whoa, lock of the week. Chargers, you heard it here first. Uh, let's turn our attention up to New England, where the 3-3 three and three Niners will be taking on Cam Newton and the 2-3 and three Patriots. Niners looked a little better last week than we'd seen them look in a while. Huh? Yeah, a lot of people thought that if after the way the Dolphins destroyed them, people were wondering how they would handle the high-flying Rams, who looked like that team that went to the Super Bowl in 2018, but they responded by winning that that defense kept them kept the Rams in check throughout the whole game pretty much after 
there were a whole lot of questions regarding Jimmy Garoppolo's future with the 49ers. He played a pretty good game, but this week presents quite the challenge, even though the Patriots have had quite a difficult season with their lack of wide receivers, um, opt-out cases, and the like. Um, they're still trying their best. Um, I think this is really a, an evenly matched game. I think it is a toss-up, but at the very but at the very end, I think I'll say the Patriots. I think they have an offensive line, one of the best in the league. I think it will will handle this injured 49ers defensive line, and I think that this defense will coach up a way to stop this offense. So the Patriots. Yes. Okay, uh, we'll turn our attention to the 5-1 and one Chiefs at the 2-3 and three Broncos. And uh, the Chiefs looked pretty good in their last uh, game, did they not? They sure did, uh, after their loss to the Raiders, which that made, that made a lot of people shocked, as it did me. Um, yeah, it was very shocking to me. And... Um, Bills. They had lost to the Titans the week before, so someone was going to uh, get back in the win column. Someone was going to win, and someone was going to lose their second straight game. So then I picked the Bills, but the Chiefs pretty much had that game. They looked really good, and now, I don't know if we talked about this before, but Le'Veon Bell got cut by the, the Jets. They're running back that they signed to a four-year contract. They released him one and a half years in, and the Chiefs picked him up immediately. The Chiefs had one of the most efficient offenses in the league. It's that's the way it's been ever since Patrick Mahomes became the starter in 2018. They have so much talent everywhere on that side of the ball, and now you add Le'Veon Bell to that to the, all those players. That's it. Could be that could be really scary. Um, Patrick Mahomes has had plenty of success against the Broncos. He has never lost a game against them. And I think that will continue. Okay. We'll turn our attention to Saturday night. we got the Battle of the Birds with the 5-0 Seahawks traveling to Arizona to take on the 4-2 Cardinals. So last time, I believe we saw the Seahawks, they beat the Vikings in that ridiculously frustrating uh, game that they should have lost. And... Last time we saw the Cardinals, I thought they would lose to the Andy Dalton-led Cowboys, but instead they played their most complete game of the season. I believe the 38 points scored was the highest amount of points they had scored off all season long. And then their, the 10 points they gave up, I believe, was the was tied for the fewest they had allowed off season. They looked dominant in that game. And this NFC West is the best division, might, be, might just be the best division in football. Um... When it comes down to who will win, uh, you can never tell with divisional matchups. They're always super weird. They can either be a blowout or a close game or an upset. But I think the Seahawks are better constructed, even though they have, even though both, even though they don't have the greatest defense. I think Russell Wilson will put on a Superman act like he seems to do every week for this team. So Seahawks. All right. Uh, seems like a little bit of a, of, a, of a letdown. We only have one Monday night game this week. We've been getting used to having two games sometimes. Um, should, should be a pretty good matchup. We have the 5-1 and one 
NFC North leading Chicago Bears taking on the 4-2 Rams in L.A. This is definitely an important game as it relates to things in the NFC. Playoff picture, it's interesting, no doubt about it, but when it comes to the game actually being played, I think it'll be pretty boring. These teams, This will be the third year in a row, I believe, that these teams will play each other. In 2018, it was a very defensive game where points were very hard to come by, and that happened again last year, which was another incredibly boring game. And I think the same thing will continue. I think points will be very hard to come by for both teams. Both teams have pretty good defenses, especially the Bears. Points will be very, very hard to come by. But in the end, I think I'll go with the home team in the Rams. I think they'll fairly squeak it out. We'll see. And there you have it, folks. That is NFL Insights for this week seven of the NFL. Don't forget to come see us at anchor.fm. You can feel free to leave us a voicemail uh, or with a question or a comment, and Brennan will make sure to put it on the air with his response. And thanks for listening. Please share, and we'll see you again next week. Take care.